0: I don't know if you do this intentionally, but are you aware that anytime you count us down, the two is always the, like, owl from the Tootsie Roll Pop commercial? Oh, yes. I do it intentional every time. Okay. (laughs) I just didn't know if you were accidentally a gay British owl or on
1: purpose a gay British owl. (laughs) Nope. I am a gay British owl.
0: This is Chapel Bell Curve. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. And today we're here to talk about you, about you, about your questions, about, about the you. things that you have to ask us, because this is our mid-season hashtag AskCBC episode. We've got a lot mm-hmm. of excellent questions from our listeners, both from Patreon, Twitter, and Parts Unknown. And we are here to give you our best shot at our most good faith meme lord answers. And what I mean by that most is... most good faith. We, yeah. So what I mean by that is this. We're going to answer all of these earnestly, but we are stupid, so a lot of these answers will, ergo, also be stupid, right? So, But mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. trying. We are trying. If you okay. haven't listened to an Ask CBC episode before, that is just really what you're in for, is a lot of very serious answers to sometimes stupid questions, but the... Yes. the the Chapel Bell Curve promise is that we will we will treat every item on our bullet list with equal sincerity, no matter how ridiculous it is. That is, that is the Chapel Bell Curve product. It doesn't matter what kind of BS we serve each other up or what kind of BS you serve us. We will be there for you to give you a serious answer. So, Justin, without you further tell, ado,
1: well, before we get into that, Justin, do you want to tell the the good people at home about our Patreon? Oh, I would love to tell people about our Patreon. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear here today, hear, here. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash chapelbellcur for as little as just $1. You could join a great community of patrons, have access to our unedited show feed, and listen to us record live. A lot of really kind folks are on this Patreon, and honestly, that makes this whole thing worth doing. And so you're really, as a patron, getting all the best parts because you don't have to do any work. You just got to hang out with a lot of cool people and kind of bullshit here and there. And that's really about it for as little as $1. So what are you doing? Hop on over. Patreon.com yeah. yeah. slash Chapel Bell Curve.
0: We'd love to see you. So how do we want to... Do, do you have any of these that you want to... We have we have a big old bank of these. Do you have any of these that you want to start with? Any Anything pulling your eye here?
1: Hmm. I mean... We could probably just go right down from top to bottom, but before we even hop into them, I do want to remind everybody, as always, the Ask CBC segment is sponsored by Cheerwine. You know the, one, the wine, the delicious yeah, the drink. W- it's the wine that gives you diabetes. TM, the TM, wine that
0: gives you di- diabetes. We, I want to be clear from a legal standpoint that we are, in fact, not sp- sponsored by Cheerwine. We received no money from Cheerwine. And in fact,
1: if you didn't say this disclaimer, <laughs>
0: disclaimer, we'll probably eventually get a cease and desist from them. So
1: now that we've got that out like of the way. I would like to provide a disclaimer that in spirit alone, we are sponsored by Cheerwine. Like spiritually, we are. Sponsored. Spiritually, yes. We yeah. worship the same sugary God Yeah, at the altar of, you know, delicious elixirs, cheerwine. I I wine would say
0: I would say that one of the most in- interesting epistemological topics of our age is the idea that can god's choose their own worshipers. And just as just as Zeus does not get to decide who puts the the meat of the fatted cow in his altar, cheerwine does not get to decide who Raises up the, <laughs> their their fountains of decadent goodness in front of the masses. My God, that's what I would say.
1: Man, you're yeah. That's going to start a whole different conversation if we we stray for too long. Let's hit this very first question from. This is also going to be really confusing because there's a, there's a, there's sort of a lore and a, and an inside joke in our Discord right now where there are we have many people named Ryan. Like their their given names are Ryan, and so one day it was noticed. And so everyone changed their names to Ryan. Like there are a good handful of people who changed their name in some way to Ryan as well. And so you're going to hear a lot of people named Ryan in this. Yeah, this is. At this point, we're not actually sure who is and who isn't is Ryan? And who is not Ryan? <laughs> yeah, so
0: this is a, this is a, just to clarify, this is a Patreon joke. This is a Patreon joke over at our Discord, which you can get access to and also make your nickname on the server Ryan if you go to patreon.com forward slash Curve. Anyway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we will, I guess, we will give everyone's, uh, uh, B R before Ryan name and their A R after Ryan
1: name as well. I'll do my best. Yeah, Christy. <laughs> the very first question comes from Christy Chris D in London was the original name. Now it's Christy and Ryan. At this point in the season, if you had to carve a CFB related image that scared you into a pumpkin, what would it be? Mm. I think it would. Mm, it would just be a picture of a
0: good cornerback in a University of Tennessee uniform, because. They're really good mm. in a lot of ways, but they can't defend the pass very well. And if they ever figure
1: out how to do that, they are going to be a very scary team. Yeah, I was I was going to say the same thing. Just like DB, um, with like uh, like Tennessee checkers behind it. Yeah, that's Terrifying. about it. You know, one of the Ryan's Darrell asks. In- <laughs> one of the Ryan's asks in honor of the New York Mets is Texas A and M officially the poverty program of the SEC.
0: Yeah, if we define Poverty Program as a team with outsized expectations, too big of a budget that doesn't match up with their on-field results, then I uh-huh. would say that certainly t- – if, you, if you're if you asking me, is Texas A&M the New York Mets of the SEC and or is – are the New York Mets the Texas A&M of the MLB? The answer is yes. They are the same team. Those two pictures mm-hmm. are the same.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm I just wanna I want yeah. I wanna
0: point something out. I don't know who one of the Ryans is. I think it's Ryan Moore,
1: <laughs> but I'm not fully sure. I yeah, I have no idea anymore who is who. Um we do have another question from Christy and Ryan. A couple questions actually. Which players do you consider to be currently most essential to the dogs' continued success in terms of their being a drop off equality of to the next man up?
0: I mean, that is an interesting question. I, I think there aren't a lot of places in which UGA is obviously thin. I would mm-hmm. say that if it's a backfield is one place you would look, I, you know, I think Keely Ringo has had an up and down season, but for the most part, he's been a reliable starter. I So I think that's obvious. You have a note here about
1: safety, which I think is a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that you know, in this modern SEC offense period of time we have right now, it is—it's uh, common to see offenses really working the secondary of their opposing teams, and so Georgia has responded to that by really doing a good job of rotating our defensive backs and our secondary in throughout specific downs. And so we have different packages we send in for each down. So you see, for instance, Dan Jackson on third downs a lot because he's really great on those um, pass-first downs. And now that Dan Jackson is out for the foreseeable future, we are going to see just how important that special teams and third down defensive back is. To our defensive package and so yeah. I do think that that is something that we went into the season being concerned about at safety mm-hmm. we had kind of had a question mark whether or not Dan Jackson or somebody else was going to be the starter um, mm-hmm. Dan Jackson I think is a starter for third downs um, and now it's kind of a question mark especially since our injury list continues to grow um, yeah going forward so
0: yeah I mean essentially at this point defensively the nickel package with the third cornerback or the third defensive back in on the field is basically your base package, right? And mm-hmm. the dime package with the fourth uh the fourth defensive back on the field or fifth defensive back on the field is very, very common. And guys like Dan Jackson, I mean, I think it's safe to say that he was a rotational player, but an, an important one. And so I think you're right. Like this is not a time in the SEC where you can rely on having a mediocre passing defense because that will give that will cause you to give up a lot of points
1: yeah we're going to skip down here we're going to save some of these florida questions um, for just a minute we'll probably do those all in succession but the next one i got for you is can we get nathan in a little bit of a mike leach style tirade your subject is waffles versus pancakes
0: i think that Okay, so the thing about waffles and pancakes is that I think it's about ceilings and floors, right? Okay. Pancakes, high floor. Hard to do a pancake (laughs) wrong. Out-of-the-box pancakes are fine. If you can put oil or some kind of oily product on a skillet, you can pretty much make a pancake. It's basically just flour, a leavener, water, sugar, some kind of oil. Mix that up into a soupy-ish consistency. And put it on a hot surface, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, your your average, you know, your, your 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 efficiency play is definitely pancakes. I think that waffles have a very low floor, like bad. Okay, you know, continental breakfast bad waffles are very bad, right? They can get they can be very chewy. They they often don't have a loft on them. In an attempt to make them healthier, people will not add enough butter, which which takes away from some of the consistency. I am not a huge fan personally of the sort of like, traditional hotel waffle shape. I, I think that uh-huh. the the deep crenellations tend to over absorb <laughs> syrup into specific areas. I want a wide crenellation that's shallow to sort of pull the syrup so, uh, pull the syrup of syrup across the surface. So, you know, I I guess what I'm kind of talking around here is that Waffle House waffles are sort of the Aristolian idea of the semi-baked breakfast treat, the flour-based breakfast treat. And, and they are, I think, sort of perfectly ergonomically designed to deliver pleasure to the mouth in a way that I would say not even human evolution is really caught up with in terms of our secondary sex characteristics. And so I think that You know, it's really, are are we going for efficiency or explosiveness, right? Pancakes are an efficiency play. Like, you know what you're getting. Good pancakes are amazing, right? They're like an 8 out of 10, I think, personally, or maybe a Mm 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. But even bad pancakes are like a 5 out of 10, right? Who hasn't done the thing where they wake up and, you know, have... I mean, maybe this is just me, but... A lot of times when church would have, when church would have like the pancake dinners that they, that churches sometimes do for fundraisers, there would just be a lot of extra sort of box pancakes at my house the day after the pancake fundraiser, you know, that my, had been going on at my dad's church. And so I have eaten a lot of cold box pancakes like running out the door and they're pretty good. You can wrap pancakes around a sausage and make sort of like an improvised corn dog thing. Or you can buy them like that. So I mean, it it is certainly an efficiency play. But if you're trying to hit it out of the park, if you if you want to go to the moon, if you want to, you know, transcend transcend the the very definition of taste, then waffle is the play. the 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 ceiling wow. on waffles is so high.
1: <laughs> is that all you got?
0: I I don't know. I w- is that a Mike Leach rant? I don't. I just started it talking. Felt like I'm a not Mike really Leach. Rant. Sure. Yeah. I don't really know what happened. I just started talking. I
1: yeah you just kind of went. i think that i I think that what I realized in that that sort of it, I wouldn't call it a rant that sort of uh mansplaining of breakfast goods. it wasn't even mansplaining. you just overexplained breakfast treats, and that's good. I appreciated it. I think I realized in that moment that you were more like Mike leach than I previously thought. <laughs> oh shit
0: <laughs> okay, so this is a question from. The, this is a question from another question from our, our good friend across the pond, Chris D. and Ryan, which was originally Chris D. in London, and then became <laughs> Chris T. in and London, and now it's Chris T. and Ryan. I don't know. Anyway, please do not read this question on the spoiler tag before you record so I can get an instant top-of-the-head reaction when you read it. All right, are you ready? Are we, neither of us I'm know ready. what this is. Who are
1: your current crushes? Is there any more context? That's it? No. Who are your current crushes? <laughs> um,
0: do you want me okay. to do you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Okay, there is this Instagram and TikTok lady who does like fitness stuff. And I'm not generally into like muscle mommies, which is it's fine, it's great, (laughs) but it's not normally my thing. But there's this woman, lean beef patty, on Instagram, Uh and holy god! Just look up lean beef patty. She, it's, it's it's like you took Velma, like a hot version of Velma's face from Scooby Doo, and put her on the body of an Amazon. It's insane. It's it's like hard to process. And it, she's such a bias breaker for me. Not, not normally my <laughs> type, but man,
1: um, that's hard to say.
0: I, I got a lot. Patty. I got a lot of crushes. Wow,
1: lean beef patty. Okay.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if you wanted to crush my head like a watermelon between your thighs, I wouldn't be upset, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no amount. Just putting that, that, that out be, there. Uh... There's no amount that would be too much for me, you know?
1: Hmm. I have more. Other crushes. Yeah, hit me with some time. crushes. Inspire me.
0: All right. So I really, I've been play, replaying Cyberpunk 2077, and I really, like, have a huge crush on Judy from Cyberpunk 2077 to the point where I, like, yes. restarted the game as a woman because I think she's so cool, and she only you can only romance her as a woman. I also really like Pan Am. From Cyberpunk 2077, the sort of outlaw, uh, race
1: car driver chick.
0: Those two. Those are my two like digital crushes, right
1: now. I think that so I've been playing MTG Arena again because I'm a degenerate, uh, degenerate, and I have a real big crush on Elspeth from Mm. New Capenna. Okay, like that specific Elspeth. Um, and I, I need to get a reference. She's very cool. I think I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I know what I'm talking. About. It's like Great Gatsby style. Um, yeah, it's like Art Deco. At Elspeth. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like very or... like the the curly hair, the very all... much like I have a secret and Art, or Art yeah yeah very Art Nouveau, very uh, confident. Um, yeah, big into that one. Um, also very big into you know Bachelor in Paradise is on right now, and there are a few mm. people on there who are just. There's a, there's a style of person that Mm -hmm. I like to regard as being made in a lab. Like it's unfair how attractive they are. Mm -hmm. That's not a real person. These people like, for instance, are people like Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill was made in Mm -hmm. a lab. Unfair, Mm -hmm. completely unfair. There are a few people this season on Bachelor in Paradise who were made in a lab and it's unfair. Um, One of them, I believe his name is Alex, that guy made in lab unfair um he's got like 12 abs he's got a vicious v <laughs> he's tall dark and handsome i think he's australian but he has no but he's from michigan i don't understand uh he doesn't make any sense to me um who else taylor swift is having a great time carly ray jepson just had a, a a album come out nobody talked about that we're all too caught on anti-hero you know it's, it is a good a real, song real rude
0: But yeah, CRJ's new album is also very good, and she is. It's very
1: good. Um, Who else? Any other crushes? I
0: I have. Okay, so there's this type of person that I—I mean, look, let's not pretend that I'm anything other than a boring white guy (laughs) who's straight. But there's a type of woman on TikTok uh, that are are kind of—I would—I would describe as like feral goblin women. To just give <laughs> off, yes, like, real, this. <laughs> real scary, like, they might stab you with a kitchen fork kind of energy. And generally speaking, that is, like, the Pokemon type that I am weak to. And it never really came up <laughs> in my life because I married one, and so I don't, like, have to look for them. But then my FYP page figured out that that is what I liked. And now I get a lot of, like, long, intense, unblinking eye contact, you know? And I am just, I'm mm-hmm. a complete sucker
1: for that. Uh, if we're going to bring it back to college football, I'll just say Marcus Freeman. A good looking man. A good looking Very man. Very good looking sure. man. And he's a Catholic. <laughs> I would assume Yeah, at so least. you
0: know he does <laughs> anal for sure. Because like, there's no oh way that gosh. guy uses, there's no way that guy uses protection.
1: Anyway. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Let's. Move to We're the next gonna have question. to cut that out. Let's, anyway, moving yeah, on. Let, let's keep it in a nerdy space. The next question comes from Madzilla. What board and card games are y'all playing right now? I've already mentioned before that I am back into MTG arena because I am a degenerate, and it it's one of those things where if you ever start Magic the Gathering, you're never really done. You never really quit. You always come back in some way. They come out with a new set that is appealing to you. For me, it was New Capenna, and I didn't have time to play it. And so I'm back now in Dominaria United, and thankfully it's a good set. Domain's a cool mechanic, and I really love drafting. And it's just been a good way to turn my brain off. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? What are You You said you're you're getting into Cyberpunk. How's that going?
0: I, well, I'm replaying it, or I'm picking up my last playthrough. It's really good. It, there is a new expansion coming out for it. The sort of sad answer is that during band season, I don't really play a lot of games. In January, yeah. I think there's, always, there's usually a January-February Magic set. So traditionally what I do is... Mm-hmm. I go heavy into whatever the January February Magic set is, and draft a bunch of it. And I'm I can't start drafting because I won't stop. So just yeah. during during the the general ban season, I avoid it. Uh, let's see. I have done a little a little toying around with a couple of other games. Oh, you know what I did play? I played the uh, what's it called? The Switch Sports, like not Resort, but Switch oh, yeah, you did Switch yeah. the second yeah, one. The, well, no, the new, yeah, the, it's like the updated version of wii Sports Resort or whatever. It's really fun. I really enjoy the volleyball mechanic; is very fun, and they're bringing back golf, which is why I bought the game. Is the golf, mm-hmm. the golf game, because I really love wii Sports Golf. It's I don't I don't know why I don't play golf. I've never been <laughs> on the golf course. I think it's because I secretly do really want to play golf because it looks like it would be fun to me but I grew up poor and I don't have the cultural knowledge or the equipment to do it. So if you're listening to this and you want to teach me to play golf and, and bring me the equipment to do it correctly, then yeah, I'm, I'm totally ready. But yeah,
1: I've been, I enjoy, <laughs> i been enjoying the hell out of that game. Uh, I know that it's funny that you say, you know, January is a good time to play games again when, uh, you know, marching band season kind of ends. Because traditionally, in the last few years, you and I, I know we go heavy into whatever game is available. Like last year, it was the uh, the Dwarves, the Space Dwarves game, whatever oh that my game God. is, Galaxy Gracken or whatever it was. Yeah, Rock, and we also Deep... played Valheim. Yeah. We just get oh, really you know, hardcore a... into a game in December, January.
0: There's a new Valheim biome that's about to come out, the Foglands is about to come Ooh. out. So if you're listening right to this, ben, for things to slow Let's down. let's spin the server back up, Ben and Ryan and Ethan. Let's
1: make it happen. Yeah, uh, I know. Also, another game you and I played with our D and D group recently was Alice's Missing. It's a game yeah. that I picked up that I was really excited about. Very I think it good. turned out to be really fun. Um, yeah. in our own way. But mm-hmm. the whole point of the game it's a it's a tabletop role playing game where you are all playing teenagers. You're you're you know in the role of these teenagers. And the catch of the game is like once you establish your connections to all the other players as playable characters, then when the game starts, it's a 90-minute game, and there are set periods throughout the game where certain things happen, certain triggers, like cards come up, and something has to happen, but you're trying to figure out what happened to Alice, your friend. And the, the main mechanic of the game is that you can't speak while the game is playing, and so you all have to text. And we used a Discord server where we were all on the same Discord server, so you could use things like reply to specific messages or you could send you know pictures and things more easily so it was it was really useful in that way but it was a really cool game um we made it a little bit ridiculous just because that's who our group is uh mm-hmm. but it, it it can definitely i can see how it could be a very serious game if you yeah wanted it to be as well it
0: could be very spooky and sad but we from the get-go were like alice is not dead we're gonna figure it out yeah we're not she's even gonna doing play all right where she is <laughs> she's fine
1: we have to figure out why she's gone yeah that was basically it. Um, another board game we played uh, that we really enjoyed was The Captain is Dead. I know oh, we played so that good. a little bit. It's so good, dude. It's basically Star Trek, and everybody has their own job on the ship, and the captain dies, and you have to figure out how to run the ship without the captain, basically. And so, yeah, glority ensues the from there. It's a yeah, really a beautifully
0: board designed board game, too. Like the piece, the the way the pieces are assembled, and the art is a very distinctive style in a way that I really like. It's also just—it's mm-hmm. one of those games that seems very complex, but actually isn't. It has some kind of like Munchkin vibes, where like once you figure out how to play it, you can just play it three or four times. Sort in of a row. ad nauseum. And it has yeah. a, it has a lot of replayability in a way that I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed that game, and there's a there's several expansions now. I think the expansions are actually standalone games, mm-hmm. uh, but they feel like expansions if you play the base set. I guess is kind mm-hmm. of the idea. Yeah good games and there's plenty of games still on my shelf that i have not played that i picked up during quarantine and i'm yeah. ready to play them
0: i'm ready all right let's do this one next from jeremy gaston question. this this let's is i think it. a good jeremy one. gaston i think i think prepared good some good answers
1: i do as well yeah uh the question is from jeremy gaston what D class would each coaching staff member be feel free to use coaches from other teams uh i know a lot of these you kind of threw in here so so kick us off a little bit
0: Alright, so listen, I know that you would say that the the obvious answer for Barbarian is Sam Pittman. But I tried to do these based on not just how someone looked, because I you don't want I don't want to typecast any of these coaches just by their build uh-huh. or how they look. Some of these are by some how they look, but I think Sam Pittman, I think there's more to him than just his his size and his sort of gruffness. So I chose for Barbarian Brian Kelly. He is the only current head coach in the sec yeah will muschamp would also be this if he was a head coach but he's the only current head coach in the sec Mm -hmm. that turns a color that looks sort of magical when he gets angry enough and Mm -hmm. i feel like it's classic barbarian behavior he's not stereotypically barbarian personality but he i think mechanically he is a barbarian
1: yeah i will say um you know my favorite coach that is not in the sec Uh, I say favorite in big quotes, but this is an audio medium, is Dabo Swinney. He is most definitely a cleric. He is holier than now. He wants you to know he's holier than now. He has martyred himself upon the college football pedestal, and he is ready to let you know at every single moment of the way that he got you there. He Mm -hmm. healed you. If he wouldn't have healed you, you would not have won that match.
0: One of my favorites, non-SEC coaches we put in here for Monk is Dave Aranda. Former well he has SEC connections. Former LSU defensive coordinator. He's the head coach at Baylor. And if you just look up a picture of Dave Aranda, he kind of looks like a fit Buddhist monk just wandered into the Baylor football facility at one point, and they were like, "Oh, are you the new coach?" And he was like, "I am. Wherever I am is what I am. (laughs) Ergo, I am. I am the. I am the coach of Baylor because that is the path that was laid before me, and that is where the, Mm -hmm. the, the rhythm of the
1: universe has taken me." Predestined to be such, yeah. Um, I really, I think that we both were uh, unanimous in saying that Nick Saban is the warlock. Nick Saban yeah. sold something. Yeah. something is in a blood contract somewhere Packed in with a higher power uh, you know and, on an yeah, altar. No doubt, no doubt. Absolutely, there is and, some sort of higher power that owns and, Nick Saban's and soul. And see,
0: here's the thing: warlocks can be smart and they can be competent, right? But there is an element to them that they had to make some kind of Faustian bargain with somebody, even if it's with. Mm-hmm. A relatively good morally figure, right? It's not just like demons. It could be like Faye, that's more like unknowable, or it could be like a Cthulhu-style old, old one, or whatever. I Mm -hmm. think that he has a pact with Dale Earnhardt, like the Dale Earnhardt (laughs) in heaven. Yeah. So Dale passed away, and then you know Nick sensed that Alabama needed a new cultural icon, and they they (laughs) came to an accord.
1: When did he die? Hold on.
0: He he died in, like, 96, 97,
1: right? Uh, 2001. Ah. Wow. Yeah, they really wrote that there. They really wrote, he was killed instantly. Damn. Yeah. Well, I like mean, that? broke his neck. Yeah. Hail Dale.
0: So, yeah. Raise hail. Praise Dale. So... Number three on the number three on the track, number one in our hearts. Anyway, absolutely. So, another one that I'm really fan. I'm a really big fan of because I just think this is like a look one. This is an aesthetics one. If you look up a picture of current Kyle Whittingham, he to me looks like the ultimate grizzled fighter, and I don't think there's a more like fighter identity than I will run the ball down your throat oh. and throw it to tight ends. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he he's. He's handsome, but he's handsome in a way where it's like, this guy has seen some shit. And that is, to yeah. me, a very fighter trait.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that Mark Stoops is our ranger. Mark Stoops, he's been there before. He knows how to get you there. He is of the earth. He's crunchy, but not too crunchy. Not druid crunchy. But, you know, I also feel like rangers are sort of like, a rangers are very outdoorsy. They're the barbecue dads. You know, Mark Stoops sort of fits that role to me. Yes.
0: Okay, I'm going to describe some activities to you because I want to point this uh-huh. ne- put this next one in context. So I'm going to describe some activities to you, and I want you to tell me which coach you think would do these activities. So running okay. around in circles in a moonlit clearing, learning a weird secret language because <laughs> he wanted to be part of a club, getting really interested in fungi or spores, uh, communing with the spirits of his dead pets. Uh, worshipping the moon <laughs> let's see having long conversations <laughs> with trees maybe being a sneakly good weed plug that is mike leach that's <laughs> that that's, that's a druid leach, yes. Ma- mike leach, that's our druid yep mike leach is a druid and listen I, the, the the problem with this question is about half of these you could answer lane kiffin but here's why i don't yeah, think Lane absolutely kiffin is a druid Now, I think the meme answer is that Lane Kiffin is a druid because it's like, LOL, 420, blaze it, or whatever.
1: And also min-max.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about Lane Kiffin. A, he's way too high energy to be a druid, right? Lane Kiffin has never once gotten awkwardly naked around a bunch of strangers and ran around in a circle for non-sexual reasons, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because druids do that stuff to get closer to the moon and to the, like, the, the energy of the seasons and the tides, you know, they don't do it for like eyes wide shut reasons. They do it for like so I can improve my my sense of resonance with the earth reasons. And I and I feel like that's just obviously Mike Leach. Look, also, yeah. listen, let's let's be totally let's be let's be totally real. If there is a class that might have some like mm, secretly problematic political beliefs, it's Druid. <laughs>
1: It's druid, yeah, you know it is. It's the it's libertarian of the the D anD D classes, truly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it and it's and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, pretty reasonable at, at, at the surface level. But then you ask a druid a question in a press conference, and they give like a thirty minute answer on hand size and eugenics <laughs> and stuff,
1: and you're like, where did this come from? You're like, yeah, I'm pro mask, but I'm also anti vax because I'm trying to wear that mask to keep myself from shedding. You know, you know, you know what's going on. Yeah.
0: Alright, I, I think this, this next one is close to your heart. Paladin, yeah.
1: Truly, yeah. Marcus Freeman's coming up a bunch in this episode because Marcus Freeman... To me, paladins are like the himbo class. And this is a pro-himbo, pro-himbo podcast. It better We're all be. about the himbo. We're all about the bimbo, too. Uh, just so everybody knows. Marcus Freeman is our paladin himbo. And he's a Christian.
0: Yeah. And he, and he's Makes like, sense to me. A well-played paladin is sort of the best version of lawful good like a lawful good person who's like a good boy a capital g capital b o i good boy you know and marcus freeman Mm -hmm. to me you know you know who actually like kind of secretly could have also has kind of paladin vibes to me is dan
1: lanning oh yeah
0: Like, like like just just good looking wholesome has a nice beautiful family you know, goes mm-hmm. to church every Sunday, but isn't weird about it. Fits the mold. Will hit you with the sword if provoked. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll give you Sorcerer. You've written Josh Hoople here. Yeah. Uh, I I see you, and I will correct yeah. myself by saying Josh Heupel. Yeah, so <laughs> Because just... the Sorcerer class is very much a glass cannon. Like, yeah. all power, so, no defense, can't handle it. Yeah, and,
0: and, and if you think about it, like, especially Wild Magic Sorcerer is kind of like, Wild Magic Sorcerer is how much I am a magical being. And the question is not whether or not I can do magic. It's how much magic can I do without seriously harming myself or others around me because of who I am as a person. And that's the University of Tennessee, right? Like Mm -hmm, the University mm -hmm. of Tennessee and Josh Heupel by extension and kind of his offensive philosophy are very much like this is a counterfeit secondhand Chinese firework that I bought from my friend Earl who he got it from his uncle who came back from Jamaica when he went on a discount cruise you know and it's like yeah it will probably be pretty cool no doubt right the checkerboard is cool right you know it's loud in there they 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 make a team they play Rocky Top you know what Rocky Top hate hearing it, but if you hear it once as a band song and not f- as, as like a, a, a non-instrumental song and not 80 so- eighty times as an instrumental song, it's not that bad. But then you get the experience and it blows your hands off. Right? Like, yeah. it's still cool unless you're the person who lit the fuse. And that's
1: both the University of Tennessee and every sorcerer. <laughs> uh, we have a few more classes here. Wizards are Sam Pittman. Or Sam Pittman is a wizard because... Yep. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, how the hell is he doing what he's doing? How's he do that? Press digitation? I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. So, the, yeah, absolutely. Like, Sam Pittman, don't, you know, first of all, body positivity. There can be husky wizards. So, first one for that. Two. I really love that idea. Wizards get their magic from study. They do it the hard way. They know why their shit works, and they have spent a long mm-hmm. time, like, making their shit work. Mm -hmm. like uh, intentionally like sorcerers don't know why they can cast fireball right the warlocks just know that their powers they don't know where eldritch blast comes from they just say like hey give me some power and then they get some right wizards they know that shit like they know the somatic components Mm -hmm. the verbal components they know the physical components they know the etymology they speak like a bunch of languages that is the arc of sam Pittman's career right he didn't flash in the pan this shit, It wasn't nepotism. Honestly, we could have made – we honestly – we if we were going to have Nick Saban as Warlock, we should have done Shane Bieber as Warlock because what are Warlocks but nepotism, <laughs> nepotism babies? But anyway, like Sam Pittman did it the right way. He went to coach college for a long time, and when he got his shot, he's been successful because he's not doing this – he's not doing all of this on smoke and mirrors. Like he knows what he's doing and how to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we we do finally have Lane Kiffin. Tell me about Lane Kiffin and how where you placed him.
0: All right, let's just ask, let's just ask the question that's on everybody's mind: Which SEC coach would, if given the chance, fuck a dragon? The answer is Lane Kiffen. I don't I don't think I need to justify myself any more than that. Given the opportunity, Mm-mm, Lane Kiffin it. would Lane Kiffin would have sex with a dragon. And look, I'm not pretending that if a dragon anthropomorphically turned into some kind of like tall, muscly, scaly woman that I wouldn't try. But I'm my premise is in the right situation and under the right kind of pressure, Lane Kiffin would have sex with the like big bodied dragon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you have a few more here. Do you want to go through what is who would be the artificer?
0: Oh yeah, so I added this in. This is sort of a an extra class, so I'm gonna do a G five coach because we didn't have one yet. Uh but uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Chadwell is the artificer. He has this, like, weird offensive system at Coastal Carolina, and he just sort of, like, throws a bunch of stuff together, and all of a sudden he has a gun. And you're like, where'd you get that? <laughs> you had, like, a rock and three leaves. <laughs> How'd you get done? You made a gun? You, you made a bag of holding out of, like, a plastic bag and wishes? Like, how are you doing You're this? damn right. Yeah. And then finally we have and, uh, what uh, I would call is, like, Unearthed Arcana, <laughs> like an extra class. Uh-huh. And because you asked me what is Cliff Kingsbury, and I don't know if Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury is a very good coach, but I, I, I am a hundred percent certain that Cliff Kingsbury is a fuck magician.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can see it. That's a. I think the fuck magician is definitely type of sorcerer if you yeah. have to choose. Like it's, it's definitely like a wild sorcerer. Of sorts. It's a. It's like
0: a bard sorcerer
1: <laughs> multi class. Oh yeah, that's very good. Okay. Well, there's your d d classes as coaches. Um, now that we've spent entirely too long doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 40 minutes in and we've answered uh, like four questions. Yeah. Erkdryan asks, if you could have one of the currently injured players back this year, who would it be and why?
0: So I guess the idea of this is that if you could have only one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean... Probably Jalen Carter. It's it's to yeah. me, it's either Jalen Carter or A.D. Mitchell. I just think that Georgia is probably Georgia is definitely gonna face two or three better offenses than it has yet faced this year. But I don't know that Georgia is gonna face a much better defense than it's already faced. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like Alabama has a decent yeah. defense, a, a pretty good defense, above, way above average. A good but not great defense, probably. Right. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the Tennessee has a below average defense. Ohio State has a good defense, but doesn't have to play defense because they play six, They put sixty points on everybody, right? UGA's offense is demonstrably worse without AD Mitchell, but. I don't think that our offense, that UJ's offense, is going to face any tests the way their defense are in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Is.
1: I agree. Yeah, my my biggest thing is AD Mitchell. I think we need to we need other pieces in this offense to really take it up a notch. Our defense seems to be doing all right, but uh, you're right. Once this offense gets tested by an above average defense, I think we're going to have a harder time. Now we have. Where do we want to go? Do we want to go to some of these uh, longer sort of uh, like paragraph based questions? Or would you like to go to some Florida questions? So some of these questions came through our email. And we are happy to throw those in here real quick. One of them is a the Twitter and then the rest are emails. The very first one comes from Gator Hater, KT Ables. Y'all mentioned you knew the origins of the Redcoat band Chant. Did that come before or after Drunk Obnoxious Georgia fan? I've always assumed the Redcoats did it first, but never knew for sure. Also, do y'all participate in, quote unquote, Drunk Obnoxious? Brother and I agreed, doesn't feel the same. Hashtag ask you
0: uh, No, I do not. I do not participate in that because it's a bastardization of the real thing. The original uh, red coat chant came from uh, Gary Tesky was the a band director who came from Syracuse. Syracuse. Mm-hmm. If you look up the Syracuse band chant, the Syracuse band to this day does a much more minimalist version of the band chant. UGA's band uh, chant is sort of like if you took if you took the the bacteria that was the band chant. Uh, from Syracuse and like ran it through like 80 generations of bacterial evolution, right? There's just a lot of different mm. stuff added on and uh, different tags. We had six in there We played double beat on top of it But the frame of the series of the band chant came directly from Syracuse as well as to the music and I mm. Believe I want to say that was the 60s or 70s I, I, I'm i open to being corrected, but this is way before John from Georgia fan came
1: about. interesting Next question comes from Clay Mysterio. I ran into you, Nathan. This is Nathan. I ran into you at the same for game. Really appreciate the kind words about my ponytail. (laughs) I'll take whatever compliments I can get, seeing as my wife hates it and is about to murder me unless I cut it. I don't think we know each other, though I have a bad memory, but it sounds like we have similar upbringings, so we might have met at a church camp or somewhere. We also went to UGA at the same time. Could cross paths, but I started following you on the battle hymnal. Always appreciated a breakdown of games. I knew it was you on the track, though, because I saw some band people... And then I was taken aback by this mammoth of the human being walking with them. You really are a large person, like you say, and you should be proud of it. Mm. My question for y'all is, what is something you would change about the game day experience to make it more epic? I think we do some things good, but could some could be improved. For one, I wish the band was either miked up for Krypton in both the entrance and fourth quarter, or a recording was played. Say what you want about USC, but that 2001 Space Odyssey at full blast gets the blood pumping. I hate how crap teams like USC and Virginia Tech have better entrances than us. I love when we play Seven Nation Army when the D comes out the first series. Wish we brought them on the field with that every time. Just things like that. I have many ideas if you know the person to ask. Your thoughts, Clay Mysterio? Uh,
0: so I would say that I'm trying to be delicate about this because I know some, I know firsthand so a lot of the people that make these decisions.
1: Uh huh. Hmm.
0: If you were to ask, if if you were to ask me, yeah, this isn't really a negative thing. I I just don't want this to come off as negative. I think the future of good, original Georgia-based stadium atmosphere, like we're not taking it from anybody else, we're making something that's our own, and we're making it more viral or memeable or just like easier to digest, more exciting. I think the future of that lies in a better integration between the digital sounds and the analog sounds in the in the stadium now the reason that that integration doesn't exist right now is because oh, there wasn't the technology for it to exist until recently and it is so much work goes into coordinating who makes sounds at what time in the stadium it is it is dozens of people's worth of work i can tell you that firsthand uh, and so there's already a really good rapport i think between band and sheer and the PA guy and the promotions department at the athletics and you know, the person running the, the video board, the coordination exists. But I think if we can integrate better, like, you know, using mics is not, you know, there, the, the red coats are miked. Uh, it's a little, it's a lot more subtle than some places there, there are some mics on the field, but I think, and obviously the band is mic for the, for the TV purposes, but I think to really develop something that resonates you have to use both the sort of existing traditions and the new technology like for instance Mm -hmm. i think when we have night games which feels like never the Mm -hmm. doing the fourth quarter thing with the you know the lights cutting out and then the red lights like that's a really good example of of integrating analog and digital technology and i think the the future Mm -hmm. of that is that like the best version of that is sort of a, a meeting in the middle because if you do all digital you end up with something that is very sort of processed and feels, to me, kind of ACC, kind of NFL, kind of soulless, right? But if you go all analog, it can feel very outdated. It can feel something that's like from the 70s, right? So I think having both of those elements present in anything you do is the thing. It's that The problem, of course, is that requires a lot of coordination, a lot of planning, and even more man hours than what
1: we're doing now does. Yeah, which is a lot already. We may Mm -hmm. very well, you know, everyone's complaining about this 3.30 game with Tennessee, but with the sun setting earlier, we may get a fourth quarter dark krypton. Yeah,
0: I I think we will actually.
1: Yeah. So we're going to see it. Don't y'all worry. Next question comes from Archiel. Archiel? Archiel. Hey guys, love what you do. Keep being you. Even though I hate Tennessee football, I had fun watching the Neyland crowd last weekend. I particularly enjoy seeing the goalposts come down since you don't get to see that very often these days. In my opinion, a little tacky to storm the field when you're a top ten team yourself, but fifteen years is a long time, I get it. I read about I read about what happened with those goalposts, which is what I'd like to hear your thoughts on. They took an upright out to the river and threw it in. I thought this was cool. Like, would it sink and remain a few feet under the surface, like the corpses in the dead marshes in Lord of the Rings? Or would it float down the river and out to sea, only to one day wash up on a distant shore where American football is unknown? I can think of a million cool ways that the goalpost could have become a part of SEC lore. Instead, a group of frat boys pulled it out and cut it up to keep the pieces on display in their frat house. This is the saddest, dumbest ending that the goalpost could have met. Can we make a pact that if somewhere something similar happens to Georgia, we won't let some dumbass frat boys take it as their own? I believe that is kind of the unspoken mission of Chapel Bell Curve. Peace, Archie.
0: That is a great question. I also just want to point out that this is also a great question because it is the 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 su- subject line of the actual email he sent was football for the people, which, honest to God, should just be the subject line of this entire podcast. But yeah, mm-hmm. we can yeah. make that pact. I, think I agree. That,
1: yeah, I think we should definitely make that pact. I'm ready to make that pact. I I think that the uh, the. Hedges make it really difficult to storm the field at Georgia, which is probably a good thing. Uh, I'll also add that um, I believe that the reason why they took the goalpost down and threw it in the river is because that is an old Tennessee tradition that they used to do when big games happened in the first place. And they haven't had like a big reason to do that in a long time. Um, i will even venture as far to say though i don't know specifically if this is the case i'm speculating here that the last time they beat alabama they did that specifically they took the goalpost down and threw it into the river um i might be mixing up stories but i'm almost sure that's something they used to do i'm not sure if it happened with the last alabama win hmm. however i would love what is something we could do with the goalposts that would be way better you think like where could we put the goalposts somewhere in athens where it would stay and you know be a tangible reminder of our successes and okay. also our our sort of pettiness
0: i have a thought i have a thought about that but i also just want to point okay. out that well i've i have several thoughts but i i do want to sort of trade to answer a geography question so the Holston River is the river that goes past Knoxville, uh, past Neyland Stadium, which feeds into uh-huh. the Tennessee River at its junction with the North For- North Fork River. Uh, so, and it it originates in Virginia and it goes all the way down past no- uh, to Knoxville, joins the North Fork, gets on the Tennessee River. The Tennessee River kind of goes up a little bit and hits the Ohio River because Tennessee River is a tributary Ooh. of the Ohio, and the Ohio comes down into the Mississippi. Uh, and the Ohio meets the Mississippi in bottom in Illinois, top of Kentucky, left side of Kentucky, north state, uh, central or like s- west Kentucky. Anyway, so then the Ohio feeds into the Mississippi and the Mississippi goes to, of course, the Gulf of Mexico. So actually, if this thing went all the way out to the ocean, it probably would have washed up at like, you know, PCB, Biloxi, or Mobile. <laughs> Which is, I think, way better that just some random like Alabama fan is like, "Oh shit, Earl, it's a goalpost." <laughs> Earl is the same guy. <laughs> Put this up the cornfield. Yeah, Earl is the same guy from whom you bought the sort of knockoff, secondhand Chinese fireworks that is Tennessee football in the earlier part of the episode. This is this is what yeah. we call world building.
1: Oh, we've built a CBC lore here yeah. in this episode alone. We're adding this to Humphrey Mizzou. Humphrey Mizzou has his own goalpost you're welcome Humphrey Mm -hmm. so in terms Uh, of
0: where we put it I think the best way the best thing to do is you you tear down the goalpost okay you tear one of the uprights off and you get like a 15 foot chunk of it maybe mm -hmm. and then you plant that shit in the land around the tree that owns itself because then that's sovereign territory baby that that's like it's not going anywhere. We want to make that goalpost a sovereign citizen, a nation unto itself. And then what you do is mm-hmm. you like impale onto the end of the upright the a helmet of whatever team you beat when you stole that upright. So it's like <clears> it's <throat> like at the beginning of the Mandalorian when they've stabbed all of those stormtrooper helmets through through their spears or whatever. That was
1: a very specific reference. Yeah. I'm here for it. I really, yeah, I can't beat the tree that owns itself idea. That's a great idea. I was thinking through like all the different places, like uh, you could put it on top of the Grit or any of your other favorite closed down restaurants in Athens, just mm. as like a reminder Five to star you day. know an Athens once behind, you know, um, you know once foretold. But yeah, I like the goalpost that owns itself a lot more. Next question. <laughs> this one comes from Rebel Reed Scott. SEC teams as King of the Hill characters. All right, let's hit these fast. We thought way too long about this. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and and it
0: doesn't... It's There so, are like three jokes in here, but it's not coherent.
1: Just like King of the Hill, which is great, mm-hmm. you know? So our very first one at the very top, we got Alabama. We got Cotton Hill. That's Hank's dad. You know, he was in the war. He's seen some stuff. He was much bigger at one point, but he got his shins blown off, so he's a lot smaller. I he's think racist. in... in
0: is there anything more than Alabama than being racist towards a minority and yet being attracted to women of that minority?
1: Mm. It also, truly is. Like, is mm, there they're exotic.
0: Any, is there any fan base in the SEC that has more, I got my shins blown off and now I stump around all the time energy than Alabama? <laughs> Hell no.
1: No. Next one we got is Florida. We got Florida is definitely Dale. Yeah. Uh, Dale's mm-hmm. full of conspiracy theories. He's got pocket sand. He's got every trick pocket in the sand. book That's how that's that he's going to use know. instead of just playing the game. Yeah, yeah pocket sand. sand. That's a Florida tactic.
0: For, pocket sand is so Florida. Yeah. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. We have, uh, we have Georgia as John Redcorn, and there's a very mm-hmm. specific reason for this, okay? And that is because we made – Dale Gribble is married –
1: to uh, Nancy Gribble
0: Nancy Gribble and John Redcorn is having an affair with Nancy Gribble and the thing about Georgia is that we would fuck Florida's wife
1: absolutely we would make, I will say that we would
0: make Florida raise our love child
1: <laughs> Georgia is not chill enough to be John Redcorn though I do approve and understand and acknowledge it's a this joke metaphor. it doesn't
0: really fit Georgia is way too white to be John Redcorn he is way too cool so white and hot He's way hotter than we are, but for the for the memes, yes. Okay, but if
1: we're gonna be really, I mean, we got the Atlanta Braves. We've already appropriated Native American culture, so yeah, it is not? pretty yeah. Georgia to be John If you're, Redcorn, gonna, if you're so gonna be a is. little
0: racist, you might as well well be a of racist.
1: I guess that's the yeah the thinking. <laughs> really do it. Uh, we got Auburn. Auburn is Khan because Khan thinks he's better than literally everyone, but everyone knows that Khan is. Just living in the same backwoods Texas town as everyone else. Yeah, he really,
0: <laughs> he really wants you to think that he's better than he is. And if he would just shut out, shut up about it, it would be, he'd be cooler. We have LSU as absolutely. Boomhower. I think this is obvious, right? What? Very self-explanatory. What? There is no SEC team that you associate more with nearly unintelligible but incredibly wise than LSU. Right? It's easy. Mm-hmm.
1: Tennessee's Lou The Belle of the That's Ball.
0: It. <laughs> no, I mean, she's, <laughs> the, the you the know, <laughs> she's the Belle of the Ball. She's like the hottest girl in this small town. She's real sweet, but super naive. And like, there's parts of you that like wants to root for her in kind of like a kicked puppy way, but like, we all know how this ends.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arkansas made sense to us to be, be Hank Hill. And I think yeah. it's really just because of Sam Pittman. Mm-hmm. Sam Pittman is the barbecue hog boss. Yeah. And so is Hank Hill.
0: Propane and propane accessories.
1: Here's the only way that doesn't work.
0: Hank Hill doesn't have an ass, and you know Sam Pittman's got an ass. (laughs) He's got a
1: big old dump truck. Big old dump truck. You know he's about other than that big Hank Hill energy. Big big Hank Hill energy. Where's Ole Miss? Peggy.
0: Ole Miss. Here's why Ole
1: Miss is Peggy. Because the
0: Grove (laughs) is some shit that Peggy would think was like living in style. Because sometimes Peggy does this uh-huh. thing where she thinks things are fancy that aren't fancy. Like, you put a little bit of polish on white trash, and Peggy will be like, oh, I do declare. And that's not how she said, Like a chicken you know casserole
1: I mean? or something, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, the like, putting the Grove is putting chicken casserole in fine china. I'm not knocking it. I've been there once. It's amazing.
1: But I feel like that's something that would appeal <laughs> to Peggy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kentucky just made sense to make it bill bill dotrieve is is kentucky i don't know i don't have a good reason for this other than just look at him it's an aesthetic thing it's an aesthetic choice for me well yeah what about I mean, you it's
0: it's like kentucky's coach is from youngstown ohio bill is not from youngstown but he has big ohio it's like southwest ohio energy and then on top of that it's like kentucky is the program in the sec that is the most like secretly good but like down on its luck like Oh, we, we kicked him when he's down kind of program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dale has a lot of skills. Uh, or Bill has a lot of skills. There's things he's good at. It's just like you don't know about it if you don't watch college basketball slash if you don't know about his secret sauce recipe. I like that. What about Mizzou? Joseph Gribble. Here's why. Adult acne. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> let's, let's finish out the Gribble family with Mississippi State. Miss <laughs> State is Nancy. Because. Okay. I like it. We, we we kind of came up with this, like, hey, Kill, or sorry, John Redcorn, kind of down with Nancy, like, can deal with it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Both dogs.
1: Uh, we yeah, love both dogs. dogs.
0: You know, they got that connection, that dog. They see that dog in each other. I don't know. We were really stretching <laughs> at this point.
1: Texas AM makes sense to me. This is Lucky. This is who uh, Luann marries. Um, if you know anything about King of the Hill, you know that Lucky, I believe he made his money from like a lawsuit. I think that he was in a bathroom and slipped on like a puddle of pee and broke something mm-hmm. and he made a lot of money from that lawsuit. And then he had just lucky things happened to him. And so it made sense to me to make Texas a lucky because a bunch of stuff happens because they had money. Yeah. But in Texas a culture, it's more like the other way around. Like they, they got really lucky and then they made some money. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of like, do they really deserve that? Also like, <laughs> like maybe they, they broke their yeah.
0: back in order to do this. Like they they have they had a broken conscience mm-hmm. to get here. I so we said Vanderbilt mm-hmm. was Connie and here's why. Connie is the most well-adjusted character in the show in some ways. Like she's weird, but she's like the closest thing to a human that can have a life. And Vanderbilt yep. is the closest thing to an SEC fan base that understands
1: priorities. Or a bigger view of the world. Connie's going to go to college and get out of this little town. That's how I feel about Connie. (laughs) She's going to be all right. And then um, there was an episode at one point in in King of the Hill where Chuck Chuck Mangione just made an appearance, a cameo. And it was a whole episode about Chuck Mangione playing the trumpet. And that's South Carolina. I don't know why, but it just feels right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's all Nathan's got for it. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't know what to say other than Chuck Mangione is South Carolina, and it just works. Chuck Mangione think, is South Carolina. You don't, think of, too, you don't think of it too hard.
1: We're figuring out real quick. We're
0: getting a USC. Is Bobby your suggestion from the person who asked the question? I could see. I could see South Carolina is Bobby. Like, damn it, Bobby. Because, like, damn it, Bobby is a thing <laughs> that Steve Spurrier would say, and he was the Steve coach Spurrier time.
1: Okay. But, but, where I, is Chuck? I think we can switch. we actually yeah we still didn't put, put Bobby, Bobby Hill on anything because we I really like Bobby is too sweet for this world yeah you really like what
0: I really like Chuck Mangione as one of these characters
1: Chuck Mangione <laughs> is like Georgia <laughs> Tech you're like, why are you here? It made sense to me and he's like, I't you know. here what's going on I I was paid to be here uh yeah we can make USC Bobby that's fine with me I don't care That's my purse I don't know you That's my Mm -hmm. Bobby reference. That's it. Um, We got some Florida questions, though, to round out the episode. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. To really bring us into our Florida preview very soon. Here it is. Irked Ryan asks, I know gators are cold-blooded, but is it so cold in the sunshine state that they need to wear sweaters? Who puts a sweater on an alligator? (laughs) I like your answer. (laughs) I just wrote sinners. That's who. Yeah. uh, That's all I got. Follow-up question.
0: (laughs) Well, Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, we don't need to explain. Good. Sinners. Yep. That's it. Sinners. That's who. Follow-up question, who would or could put lipstick on an alligator?
0: I mean, that seems like something that would take competence. so I'm going to say no one associated with the university. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you. Steve Spurrier, last competent person associated with the University of Florida. Ooh,
1: I, look at you, Steve Spurrier.
0: Urban Meyer it was a good coach, but he is a piece of shit, so I'm not going to say anything nice about him.
1: Yeah, I wrote Steve. Steve Irwin could do it, but would he? I think he has too much respect for alligators to put lipstick on him. Mm-hmm. Though, this did inspire another question from me. I wanted to know, if you had to put lipstick on an alligator, would you put lipstick on an alligator just at the front of the mouth? Or would you put it all around the jaw? What's the the move here? What's the strategy?
0: Well, I think, you know, you're talking about proper application of lipstick versus like Heath Ledger from the Joker lipstick. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I I think you go all the way around the jaw if you're trying to be intimidating. But if you're having a night Uh out and you really want this Tinder date to go well, I think you just put it in the front.
1: (laughs) It's a little kissable. (laughs) I'll take that gator out. Uh, Actual gator, not University of Florida Hey, you know what? I'm Um,
0: I'm about to say something nice about a University of Florida alumna. Uh, uh One of our... Seriously, one of our discord members and a former sousaphone is dating a uf alumna who was in their band mm-hmm. and she is very nice she's a lovely lady i had an excellent excellent conversation okay. with her at the vanderbilt game
1: that's so nice what a nice thing to say about somebody yeah uh another question for you nathan this is a a deep cbc uh, dive. Irked Ryan had a question about what poem best describes your hate for the Florida Gators?
0: I oh, just gotta get stretched out on this one.
1: Deep cut, baby. Mm.
0: Ugh, I gotta get my ambit pentameter voice back. Ugh, I haven't taught <laughs> Shakespeare in a couple of years, so I get it. Mm. Alright. <laughs> I'm gonna point you to Othello, Act 1, Scene 3. This is Oago, Iago's sort of very famous... Well, it depends on how you stage it. It's either a monologue or a soliloquy. I would probably stage it as a a soliloquy, but whatever. I think it is uh, technically a soliloquy. Anyway, this is Iago talking about Othello, and he's talking about how in his Iago is pretending to be Othello's friend but hates him because for reasons that are too complex to go into, Iago has become convinced that Othello has slept with his wife, even though he hasn't. Also, Iago is secretly (laughs) in love with Othello, I think, but whatever. So he starts by saying, thus do I ever make my fool my purse, because he's talking about how Othello has made him a lot of money, even though he hates him. For I mine own gain knowledge should profane if I would time expand with such a snipe before my sport and profit. I hate the more, and it is thought abroad that twixt my sheets has done my office. I know not if it be true, but I, from mere suspicion in the kind, will do as it if for surety. He holds me well. The better shall my purpose work on him. Cassio is a proper man. Let me see now to get his place and to plume up my will and double knavery. How how? Let's see. After some time to abuse Othello's ear that he is too familiar with his wife. He hath a person in a smooth, disposed to be suspected frame to make a woman false. The Moor is of a free and open nature that think men honest but seem to be so and will be as tenderly be led by the nose as asses are. I have it. <laughs> it, is indan- it is engendered hell and night must bring this monstrous birth to world's light. I do you want me to explain what he's talking mm. about there? He's basically, yeah, he's basically saying like, I think Othello slept with my life wife, but I don't know, but I'm going to act like he did anyway. And what I'm going to do is since Othello is like basically a good person, I'm going to ruin him uh-huh. because he's too trusting. I'm going to lead him by the nose as an ass. That's where leading someone by the nose comes from, by the way, uh, that, the mm. euphemism or not euphemism. Idiot. There you are. Uh, but, but he basically says, like, Othello likes me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Cassio, who's another actually kind of good person, and I'm going to tell Othello that Cassio is having sex with his wife, right? All mm-hmm. because I kind of just suspect Othello is hot enough to have had sex with my wife, right? And I don't associate myself with Iago. He's an he's a incre- incredibly despicable human. But I will say there is something about Florida that makes me want to plot that makes me want to brew <laughs> to to brew a, a infernal births in the midnight hour you know to to for the mere suspicion of of a wrong done me cut my nose off to spite his face you know there's something about that about florida that just does that to me even when it doesn't make sense even when there's no reason for it and i know i'm basically just hurting myself and doing it that's how that's what florida does to me man like i i know In the same way that Othello's fatal flaw was his lack of faith in his spouse, I think. Uh, My fatal flaw
1: is my inability to not yell about Florida. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, Nathan, for your words and your expertise. We have a couple more questions here. One of them comes from Abby and Ben, their Patreon question of the week. If you had to pick one streaming platform to watch for non-football things, what would you pick? Okay, so this is a hard one, because before,
0: like, three weeks ago, my answer was HBO Max. Because Mm -hmm. before they decided to kill it or something and roll it into Discovery Max, it had an incredible lineup of movies. Like, Mm -hmm. such a good lineup of movies. It's still okay. There's still a lot of really good stuff on there. But there used to just be some straight bangers on HBO Max, many of which have been pulled. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it's just, like, the number one thing on here is, like, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's like, I don't care about that. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Ugh. But they're, I mean, like, <laughs> I still think it's probably HBO backs. I mean, they have, like, the Stanley Kubrick run of, like, Lolita, 2001, A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, The Shining, Full Metal Jacklet, Jacket, Jacket, Jacklet. Oh, oh, they have some really good, oh, like, classic movies in here. The Harold and Kumar movies are on here. All of the DC movies mm-hmm. are on here. Like wah, wah, that doesn't matter, but they also have Lord of the Rings <laughs> and Harry Potter. They also have all of the Christopher Nolan, Batman movies, a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, there's some like really classic Oscar winners on here. Uh, gone with the wind and yeah, racist, but whatever, uh, the English patients on here, um, God, the Godzilla movies are on here. The never ending story movies are on here. Uh, a lot of the Tarantino movies, Chinatown made by a pedophile, still a great movie. I'm sorry. Um, the Fly, Oof. both versions are on here. Night before all the Nightmare on Elf Street stuff, uh, yeah. So I, I think I think HBO Max is still the move. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still very good.
1: When I first read this question, I thought it said if you had to pick a streaming platform to watch football things, not non-football things. Huh. Uh, what would you pick? And so my original answer, just jokingly, was Quibi. Let's watch football on Quibi. <laughs> oh my <laughs> let's god, let's just watch it in would, little
0: quips. <laughs> that would be bring Quibi that would back be for football. Incredible. You have to pay for it. And it's Inquipable. ten minutes of football at a time, and it's As all football intended. It's all inexplicably in or in vertical video mode. <laughs> you can see like one yeah, player at a time.
1: That's it. That's the only way we watch anything on our phones. But actually, I you know HBO Max is definitely really great. I really love HBO Max. I think that. Um, you're right about the movies. Like Netflix is one of those things where it's like, is this movie going to be good or am I going to waste like an hour mm-hmm. and a half of my life? Who knows. I do think that Netflix has a really great lineup of stand-up specials. However, I'm really upset about the addition of ads and the tiered approach to pricing. My sort of dark horse candidate for best streaming service is Dropout TV. Dropout Mm. TV is the streaming service that was piloted and now is owned and curated by the former company College Humor. I think they're still College Humor, but um, I call it all Dropout because it's the streaming service. But it is a bunch of comedians that do great skit shows mm-hmm. they do dimension 20 which mm-hmm. is a D&D show um, they do a lot of other stuff too like lots of really great well curated comedy that all feels genuine well prepared and high quality and a lot of really great people and it's all very unique and innovative i think okay
0: here's um, a, here's another if answer you are not on it, it, get it that that is an excellent answer it's worth it just for dimension 20 alone and all the extras but mm. here's another answer and i hate to say this cuz it's kind of like selling your soul but like Disney Plus is good, like it's good. I I I know it's very normcore, and I just was like, oh, let's pick the one that has the Stanley Kubrick uh, collection or whatever. <laughs> but like, like Disney Plus is really good. I mean, you got all the Star Wars stuff, you got all the Marvel stuff. A lot of the new Marvel TV shows, I think, are excellent. Uh, you have mm-hmm. some actually shockingly good. Uh, I think it's like Animal Planet stuff on there. Uh, you also with you can get disney plus if you if you count it as like i pay one bill a month disney plus is definitely the move because with the package you can also get hulu and also espn plus and that's 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 the way to fly
1: so we could do it's not our Geographic.
0: last we could do the no, sorry
1: <laughs> still still in it still deep in it
0: yeah sorry I, I i don't i told you absolute sincerity that's the only thing i know how to do
1: you want to see us out that has been a lovely Ask CBC episode. Yeah,
0: thank you for all your questions again before we see you out. And let me just say that we are we are always thrilled at the response we get to these episodes. I, I sometimes feel like when I put out the Ask CBC asks, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so dumb. Who would possibly want to hear me talk about something? And it always is a, <laughs> is. I've had sort of a rough week. We had to put down one of my cats on Monday very unexpectedly. She was quite young. And this has sort of been the highlight of my week in the sense that it is it is proof that I am surrounded by people who care and who are, you know, philosophically and emotionally aligned with me and who care about me. So it's been it's been really good to get all these questions from you guys. And I want to say personally for me that I really appreciate it and all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Absolutely. this has been Chapel Bell Curve. If you like what you heard here today, we'd love if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast EA of choice. If you would like to support the show, you are free to check us out at patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve. We would love to hear from you either on Patreon or in the form of a review, but we'd also love to hear from you directly. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at chapel bell curve on basically all social media that we have an account on that is facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at this point we would you yeah i know it's it's kind of scary millennials having access to that kind of power we really got to get an intern who's younger than us anyway (laughs) if you would like to yell at us in a longer form format you can find us on Gmail at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com. We will catch you this weekend in St. Augustine, Jacksonville, Athens, and parts unknown based on how the night goes. Until then, go
1: dogs. Go dogs.